Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Just gotta let that hang a little bit, you know? Let's rest in it. That Jesus is in charge and he's in control. Even when it seems like he's not in our life and that we can trust in him. You know, when you watch that video about religion, I want to frame it because what I believe he's stating is how we understand the word religion. But religion in itself, by definition, just means a statement of beliefs that a particular people follow or adhere to, a set of uh, traditions or standards. And so the word religion isn't necessarily bad in itself, but it's the practice that would add to the work that Jesus has already completed for me and you to be made brand new. That it's just by grace, through faith, alone, that's it. And because Jesus did that, that now I am accepted and I can enter in boldly to actually be religious, quote unquote. And in fact, James, the brother of Jesus, tells us what religion is. True religion is to visit the orphans and the widows and those that are troubled and forgotten about. And so God is pleased as we remember that we were broken and forgotten about as we go out from a place, this is very important, of victory. Jesus' name is victory. So today, that's what we're remembering, that it's always about Jesus. Jesus saves, and today... Jesus calls. Jesus calls. You, me. In fact, there's some famous calls I want to bring up real quick before we jump into some of the scriptures. And this first call here, E.T. Found how. This stuff's influenced my life for sure. I watched that as a kid. This next call is crazy. This is when a call has gone wrong or missed. Check this one. Quick snap. Breeze. Pass is incomplete. No flag for Tommy Lee Lewis. Nikhil Roby Coleman delivered a hit. And the two officials talk to each other. Crowd's going crazy as there's no flag right on the Saints' sideline. Well, if Nikel Roby Coleman plays the ball, it's an interception. It's probably going the other way with it. I mean, the ball's on the other side of Roby Coleman. and Because of that no call, the Los Angeles Rams got to go to the Super Bowl. Not only was that pass interference, it was, always, it was also helmet-to-helmet contact. And so that's a no call, but today we're talking about the ultimate call. That is always there, and it's for all people. And we're going to go to Luke chapter 6. And I want to increase our expectation before we read the Bible and not just be like, all right, we're at church. Pastor's going to read the Bible. I'm going to take in the Bible. I'm going to do my religious deed. I'm going to be good. No, no, no. I'm going to enter into God's revealing of who he is, this sacred word that is alive to transform me and you as we get more of the word in us, we are renewed from glory to glory. So meaning we're going to get better and we're going to get more like God the more we get this word in us. That's why it's so important to understand what is the word? How do I read the word correctly? And so that's what Sunday mornings can be so helpful. So shout out to yourself for wanting to be on this journey, man. Give it up for yourselves, right? Right? 
So Luke chapter 6 shows us when Jesus is going to go out, he's going to recruit some people. He's going to call. And before he does that, in verse 12, in these days, he went out to the mountain to pray. Jesus shows us what we should do before we're going to go execute any type of plan or recruit any type of team for any type of endeavor. He's going to pray first. And all night he continued in prayer to God. And when day came, he called his disciples and chose from them 12, whom he named apostles. We got some footage here from the response of one of the disciples when they got called by Jesus. And this is crazy because they didn't even have cameras yet, but we have access to footage from that moment. And I, ch- anyways, look, look at this. Look at this. This is it. The disciples got the call. One of them was so excited. This is the response. Jesus called. Okay, look, all right, I'm going to walk you through what happened. When I first saw this, these clips, I didn't know whether to laugh or to, I didn't know how to respond, okay? But I was really challenged once I heard his story because his name's Mike and he's an ex-gang member and in prison, the Lord radically transformed him and he responded to the call. And since then, he's been shouting, you know how you, you Google him? You, you spell Christ, C-H-R-O-I. S-T. So Jesus Christ, the O's in there before the I. Christ. And you know what? Mike is exactly the type of people Jesus, after prayer, goes and finds. That's who he wants to build his team with, Mike. And so, look, that's not one video for him. In fact, he's got every video he's doing that. Not the whole dance, but he's, Jesus Christ, and he's reading scriptures, and he's saving people. I mean, it's really cool. He's out there preaching. But ultimately, Jesus is calling me and you, and look, when we were in gangs and when we were forgetting about God, God was still remembering us. He was still calling us. So here, here, here's the observation, first one I'd like to make today for note takers or whatever, or just to kind of enter in this point, is Jesus calls me into his presence, I am summoned. The call, calling means it's a summoning. And when we think of summon, I have been summoned for what? There you go. I have been summoned for jury duty. Who's excited about being summoned for jury duty? Well, that's what calling means. So think of that level of attention and respect that God summons me and you, but it's not one to be scared of. It's one to be alerted and say, oh, What's he calling me to? Well, he's always first given an invitation for salvation, period, for all people. 
all people. There's no one too far gone. Think of someone right now that you could think, oh, I just couldn't imagine that their life would change. In fact, God would have to do it because they bother me like crazy. Yeah, there you go. Thanks for being honest. We all got that person, huh? Right? Or people. Or a it, you know. That's exactly who God wants to save. That's exactly who God wants to reach. And the heartbeat of heaven has been doing this a really long time that God's been calling. And it's exciting to think that even through the prophet Isaiah, and when I say the word prophet, prophets were used to describe or declare or even predict what, and bring a statement of what God was saying to people and to all people and specifically first the children of Israel often. And so he would use a prophet, an oracle of somebody that was set apart, that would speak on behalf of God, because God, this is, this is so preposterous, okay? So this is so unlikely that God of the universe would choose to come down and use people. This is Christianity, though. He, he gets excited when he can use the things he's created. He chooses to work through me and you. So he chooses to display uh, who he is through people that would write the text. He chooses to communicate to people through the mouths of people. And he does this through Isaiah. And he communicates the heart for me and you to get us home. And check this out. We're going to read verse 1 through 7. And the prophet Isaiah in the message translation, this is so rich. I want us to soak this. But now, God's message The God who made you in the first place, Jacob, the one who got you started, Israel, don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called your name. You're mine. When someone calls your name, what do you think of? I'm old enough to where I remember people could call and you could put it on an answering, you'd get a, a, if you had it wasn't really voicemail. You had to have an answering machine with tapes. And then they had digital answering machines. And if someone left you a message, eventually when you're inside the house, you would hear that and you'd call them back. Or if someone called you in your home, then you would respond. And when you first, this, is a, this is, was touchy, because when you first get a girl to call the house, you don't want your mom to pick up the phone in my case, right? Or you want your brother to. And then you definitely don't want to be 12 picking up the phone, and then they think because your voice is sounding like an octave, you know, too high, you need it to sound like an octave lower. You don't want them to wonder, hey, uh, is, is, oh, hi, Mrs. Veerling, is your son there? Oh, no, this is, this is Jerome. So you do that, you do that thing, and we do, no, no, and you, and you talk, and it was that first time the girl would call you, and you'd talk, and you'd be like, oh, low, because when someone called you, and they, they knew they were who they were calling, they would call you by name, and there was an excitement and anticipation. I want us to, to just think of those moments, that if someone calls you by name, there's been a pro- lot of situations that are negative, the principal's office, jury duty, uh, a whole bunch of, but what would it look like when God calls our name? I mean, pick up the phone. He, he, he just says your name. He says your name. Like, he's like, Q. You're like, who's this? God. Oh, what? God. Look, don't be afraid. You're mine. When you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. This is the prophet Isaiah telling us this is what Jesus is going to do. Jesus is going to fulfill this. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end. 
because I'm your God. Your personal God, the Holy of Israel, your Savior. I paid a huge price for you. What are you worth right now? You know, sometimes I listen to rappers and they're like, yo, I could put a price out on your head. I'm like, that's horrible. You know, but, but we, I was there and you think like that too. A price on someone's head is something. What? In fact, all heads, all people are priceless. Do we see ourselves like that right, right now? And if we don't know Jesus, guess what? When you put your faith in Jesus, that's what you enter into, a priceless, infinite, inherited worth that you and me are royalty. Like kings and queens walking up in here, like, hey, what up? Wakanda forever. We got to start seeing ourselves like that. You know, is it vibranium? What is it? What, isn't it? They got a lot of vibranium there, and they got the riches. And yes. We got access to weaponry that nobody else has. We got prayer that can transcend any location instantly. Right now, you and me can pray across the world, and God instantly is hearing. And the, the heavenlies are waging war. There's this battle. We get to be a part of that until he returns. And we're crying out, come, Lord Jesus. But at the same time, we recognize once he comes, look, it's final. We need some more people to get back home. It can't be final yet. We need people to come back home. This is the heart of heaven. He paid a huge price for us because we're priceless. All of Egypt with rich cushion Seba thrown in. That's how much you mean to me. That's how much I love you. I'd sell off the whole world to get you back. Trade the creation just for you. What kind of voicemails God leaving to us? So don't be afraid. I'm with you. I'll round up all your scattered children, pull them in from east and west. This means he's going to give us a family. This is community. This is us right here, right now. We gather in the name of Jesus. We are a fulfillment of this passage. I'll send orders north and south, send them back. Return my sons from distant lands, my daughters from faraway places. Bring mics in the crowd that will say, hey, Jesus Christ. I want them back, every last one who bears my name, every man, woman, and child whom I created for my glory. You and me, friends, we're created for God's glory. We are the greatest display of the movie of heaven that this world will ever see. God didn't choose to use things that we would create. He chose to create us that we would show his, his likeness, his love, his passion, his glory. Yes, personally formed and made each one of you. This, pastor, or this passage is just dripping. Because Jesus is calling me and you into his presence. We have been summoned. We have been called with this type of invitation. And this is where Jesus says in the New Testament, hey, all of the law can be summed up simply like love the Lord your God with all of your being and love your neighbor as I have loved you. So love God, love people. The only way you can love people is you got to remember that God has loved you because we love because he first loved us. Okay, so you got to, you know, one Two, three, four, I think we can all count, right? Five, six, one. First base, God loved us when we didn't love him. Number two, since we are loved, we love God because it's a response. Wow. Because if we got to love based upon how we love, we, we, we can't love great, can we? This is, this, is, this is awesome. 
And now we can love people. But if we work the equation backwards, three, love people? Yeah, right. I got to love God? I can't even figure out how to live life. Oh, and then he'll say he loves me? That's what that introduction video was about. That's, what, that's how we understand religion many times, but it's the opposite way. God first loved us, so much so that when we, were on, when we were still sinners, Christ gave his life for us. This is the beauty. We have been summoned to love God. And then secondly, the observation today for Jesus calls is Jesus calls me into his mission. His. His mission, not mine. This is very important. So what is my life's purpose. Why am I alive? I, we all wonder that. What, I got dreams. I got passions. What am I called to do? Have we ever wrestled with that question? God, what are you calling me to do? What's the next 10 years look like? I want to submit to us today is this, that it looks less like what God is calling you to do tomorrow or even in the future in me, and it looks more like what he's already called me to today. So this will be a game changer. So I'll lean in. Come on. Come on. Lean in. Let me see that. Like, lean in. We were t- telling our, uh, our oldest son didn't know what uh, driving a stick shift was like. Stick shift is when you're driving a car, you're leaning in. I mean, you're a part of the experience. Okay? Came to watch church for a second. We came to watch pastor preach. No, no. This, this is an impartation for you to be a better person this week, a better person on mission in every second. So lean in and drive stick this moment right here. Okay? You got to lean in. There we go. I feel it. Leaning in. To his mission. So his mission, he restores. I think we would all say, well, obviously he wants to save people, so I'm going to preach. I'm going to make disciples. But I think the rubber meets the road, and there's a huge roadblock. Like, if we're driving, roadblock, dead end. You know where that dead end is? It's a four-letter swear word. W-O-R-K. Work. Well, if God's called me, he ain't called me here. There's no way. There's no way. He's not calling me here. There's just no way. When Jesus bought us back and he called us, he also restored us to our original vocation for salvation, for sure. But also in Genesis 2.15, all the way back in the beginning, when God created everything, he created me and you, and the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. So what that means is we were created to rule but work. That the, the, this earth isn't called to rule us, but we're called to rule it. And this is tough. This is the, in fact, the work God's talking about is an adventure to be a part of his creative identity. So think of this for a minute. Think of all the work it takes to do anything. Lead a family, pay your bills, get to work. I don't even know if you got a car. All this stuff, right? It's difficult. Think of all how that challenge. God knew that it would be challenging, but yet it wasn't filled as a burden. It wasn't tough originally. It was a blessing. In fact, it was always going to be really hard. We were going to create. We were going to take un untouched land and one day make a city out of it 
So you and me, here's, here's what we're doing. We are a part of the future story, not just the backstory. God has restored us in Jesus. When Jesus calls us, he's restored us to this, that now we're back on mission looking forward until this future city comes. And now, yes, there will be toil at work at times, but now since the spirit of God lives in me, work is redeemed, work is new, and ultimately, work is good. So it's not like when I say work, like beep, you know, beep, beep, you got to bleep it out. But I would dare venture, if we're honest today, work has left a lot of lashes and hurt in our life. There's studies that show that people experience depression from their work environments, even suicidal thoughts from how they see work and view work. And, and I hope today that a couple of videos I want to show of some people that are on this dream team right here. Because I hope it excites us for work. Because if we just do the math for a second, we all came on a Sunday morning, and we all came to church, you know, get encouraged and get stirred up to go about our day and or our week, you know, and that's beautiful, right? respect. But most of us will never work for the church. We have two people full-time. We have a handful of people, like three or four, that are stipend part-time. We have a church of 500. So that's seven people, 500. That's less than 1% pretty much, you know, right around, right around 1%, 1.2 or whatever. So 1% of, or 2%, so a little over 2 will work for the church. Most of our life will be living life outside of here. So if we can get, grasp this today, that Jesus calls us not just to Sunday, not just to worship, not just to prayer, but he calls us to our job. And I want to introduce you to a few people. This first person here, is, he goes by Jorge. You might have seen him. He's a... Uh, He's a famous dream team member around here. Check out Jorge. Years, and I've learned so many things from so many different people about myself and about them. Myers has been nothing but a blessing to me in my life. I get to learn from other people, interact with my coworkers, pray while I'm working, give God praise. I've had so many amazing conversations with so many people. There are so many different kind of people walking around in Meyer from all kinds of different countries. It's pretty awesome. My name is Jorge. And I believe work is good. Next up, we got Trina. Being a single parent at 15 years old, many thought I'd be a statistic. With the help and prayers of good parents, I vowed to myself that I would work hard and raise my kids strong. That is what happened by God's grace. I have been able to obtain a master's degree, raise my family with God's lead, raise foster kids, and help with grandkids. It's truly amazing. Now I get to work in the Lansing Inner City Schools. I am often the one showing the kids tough love. I sometimes put up a mean front, but I have a soft side to me. It's all worth it to see the kids do better in school and life. My name is Trina, and I believe work is good. Yeah, Trina. And lastly, we got Carlos. Delivering mail to some could seem tedious, and don't get me wrong, I've had my days. But overall, I have seen God impact my life and others through my job. Simply learning names, walking and driving in the city, and getting to pray to myself. People coming to talk to me has all helped me grow as a person. It's a joy to be used by God to help deliver people's most precious items. It's a practical way to love the city and is a joy. My name is Carlos, and I believe work is good.
Even if you don't have a job, you still work. You still take care of something or someone or responsible. Even if you're by yourself, you still would pray. We get the opportunity to, when God calls us for, for our life, but what seems to be the hardest to understand, Jesus actually allows us to enter in and give us purpose. I want to call the worship team up here and I want to give us uh, a scripture out of Ephesians 6 of what work looks like. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you as slaves of Christ. Do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. And friends, this month, Christmas, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, also Jesus, God with us means that God's in my job and he gave me purpose in the simple things and that what I'm already called to, I'm already doing. Has he called me to the family I'm in? Yep. Has he called me in the city I'm in? Yep. Might you move? Maybe. You know where the grass is greener? Where you water it. <laughs> no matter how big somebody else's grass is. Hey, we're being a me versus me, we versus we, me versus me. This is the game I'm playing. And when we, you know what we do? We compare ourselves. We live our whole lives. Well, look at what they got. Look, no, no. How about God? What do you want for me? You've called me. You called me. I picked up the phone. What do you want to tell me? How do you want to give me purpose where I'm at? How can you give me enthusiasm? God changed my perspective. And that's tough. And we sing the song New Wine. You know what? It, it, the essence of it is this is I can bring water. And if God's got to do something new, He's got to resurrect. I mean, He's got to do a miracle. He'll make it wine. But then as He's making new wine, He's got to press us. He's got to take, you know, in the vineyard and press us. And he's got to crush us. And as he crushes us, we'll be more like him. And he uses all things as he calls us into that crushing. Because ultimately, here's what we're getting called to. Okay, in Revelation 21. We're not done. Come on. We got 10 minutes and change. God wants to do something awesome today. Yeah? Okay, Revelation 21. Verse 5. I heard a voice thunder from the throne. Look. Look, God has moved into the neighborhood, making his home with men and women. They're his people. He's their God. He'll wipe away every tear from their eye. Death is gone. Tears gone. Crying gone. Pain gone. All the first order in Genesis of things from the fall, gone, restored back in Genesis. The enthroned continued, look, I'm making everything new, even better. New Eden, new earth, new heaven. Write it down, each word, dependable and accurate, that God is making everything new. When the early church heard this, they understood in their context to do a new thing was a dangerous statement. In fact, most people would just want to live in the conservative way because anything that was outside of comfort 
meant you wouldn't have security and protection from the Roman Empire. Like if you just go to school, obey your, follow, listen, and you'll be fine. New, dangerous, why would we? And what this call is, is that even in our jobs, get this for a minute, even in our jobs, that there's new discoveries in the simplicity of what's something that's already been, that we're finding new ways on how to show God's beauty through a situation. So therefore, there's gonna be pain, it's gonna be challenging, but we're discovering the new, the adventure, this, this what seemed to be dangerous, but we're not endangered. We know the one who's leading us. So we're now leading, um, being led by Jesus that he's gonna return with a city. He's gonna be doing this. And so we're entering in his vocation of how this works and how we operate. And so now we start to see our jobs with purpose and dignity. I wish I would have known this when I was selling cars. I wasn't hearing this. I didn't get it fully. I didn't get it fully. I remember talking to a friend of mine who uh, was a big music producer at the time. He was producing for Lecrae. He decided to leave the music industry and become an associate pastor. He's never made music again. And I was on the phone with him. And I said, man, I'm called to ministry. I'm like, I can't keep selling cars. I, I can't take this job. And he's like, you're called to ministry? Explain. I was like, yeah, man, I'm called to preach. He was like, oh, that's cool. So like you're not in ministry now selling cars? Like God doesn't care about people getting cars and ministry like fam it's in the little it's in the simple right like God cares about pizzas come on now God cares about the hospital come on now God cares about building places come on now right God cares about this laptop I got some friends that work at Apple right come on like God cares about that thing that's how he calls us so if we had to put on the shelf for a moment, I think what we'd put on, what we really get confused with the calling is, well, what are you saying for the future? Friends, we're probably in the future, most of us. Right now, we're in what Jesus is doing. We're, we're in his bride. He's coming back for this. We're in the new thing. We're doing the new thing. Now, out of that, there will be some explosive creativity and explosive dreams, but how many people have we seen chase dreams and then they miss just the day-to-day? -day? Isn't the beauty in the still, the beauty in the slow? So if we put the, the book of, okay, well, what's he calling me to? And, and to find calling you to, I'd give you a, 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 just a few helpful things. One, it will be prophetic, it will. Meaning God will speak in some crazy, unique way. He's, so, he's more passionate about our dreams than we are. So let's not get ahead of God. God, I gotta write a book, I gotta write a song. Yeah, I get it. But let's not get ahead of God. Let's not try to get to the promised land. He is the promised land. Him, this, us. It's got to be prophetic, but then it'll be confirmed. It'll be discerned. And a lot of times, here's what our dreams are. We see glimpses of it, but it's really about a whole people that we're a part of. We might be actually in it right now. Some of our most encouraging dreams, we might be in it right now just by being on the dream team. Because I share with what somebody else is doing in the parking lot. I share with what's going on in Kid City. I share in your home when you're having a prayer time. We share in that. Why? Because we're in the body of Christ together. We share in that. Like, that is cool. That is transformational. That will change our lives. So we're going to stay close to Jesus, friends. And how do we stay close to Jesus? It's his word, it's his people, and it's his spirit. We're going to stay really close to him. Really close to him. Have you ever heard the term outreach? Churches do outreach. Think about how silly that is for a minute. We, we own a Love the City truck. 
truck cost $73,000. It was about a $100,000 truck because a company donated $20,000 of labor. We originally tried to raise $35,000, but because of your support, we raised $75,000. We got a brand new truck. We go out, we take love of Jesus in the neighborhoods, anywhere. Let people know, hey, you're loved, you belong, and you have purpose. But if we wait to be outreach for when the truck goes out, hey, friends, guess what? The trucks actually, during winter, it's not going out as often. Because God is an outreach program. We are the outreach program. You and me. We're just are out, about, and, we, and we're like reaching. Hi. What's your church's outreach strategy? This. I've had people ask me, I want to learn your outreach strategy. My outreach strategy is loving the city one life at a time. You are the city, and we're going to go out, and me and you, we're going to go do this thing. That's the outreach strategy. And we just happen to have a truck. So it changes. It, it seems so similar, but it actually changes. It's, it's the heartbeat. And, and so here's what I want us to do as we sing new wine. I want us to bring all the pain that would stop us from answering the call today. All the pain. Just bring it out and just say, God, make new wine out of this. God, I, I, don't, I can't love this person anymore. I don't want to go to work anymore. I pray today that God's going to give us a new perspective. I know it's challenging and there might be a new day coming, but like I'm going to tell you this, it always comes with death death in today. We die to self. We let the new king raise up through us. We say, God, make new wine. And as we bring that pain, I believe that he's going to exchange his greatness and his glory. And it will be just like the prophet Isaiah, like you're my people. Don't be afraid. I got you. And one day I'm going to make all things new. What do you say? We worship as we sing new wine. This is our prayer. Jesus, make new wine out of us. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.